Till death do you part, the famous last words before couples kiss and skip into happily ever after. But for Kelly Cochran and her husband Jason, till death do you part came with a little extra meaning. When these high school sweethearts got married, they made a secret vow behind the pastor's back. They vowed that if either of them ever cheated on the other, they'd have to kill the person they cheated with or be killed themselves. Talk about happily ever after, right? You're not going to believe this recap. When 53-year-old Chris Regan went missing in Iron River, Michigan, authorities figured he skipped town. But one determined police chief knew something was wrong, and it all revolved around a husband and wife. They may even have served Chris for dinner at a backyard barbecue. Kelly Cochran and her husband Jason were born and raised in northern Indiana, not far from Chicago. Jason mostly kept to himself. Kelly was more ambitious and extroverted, and they didn't seem like a good match, but you know what they say, opposites attract, and the two of them got married in 2002. Kelly insisted that she and Jason start a small business cleaning people's swimming pools. The company did well. Then, after a decade of cleaning pools, Jason hurt his back. Now, this wasn't your average back pain. According to Jason, his entire back would go out if he so much as sneezed. He couldn't stand or move properly for weeks. But there was one miracle drug that seemed to help Jason's pain, legal cannabis. In 2013, Jason and Kelly packed up shop and moved six and a half hours north to Iron River, Michigan. Jason could smoke all the medical marijuana he could get his hands on. Iron River is a tiny town in Michigan's Upper Peninsula. In the words of the former police chief, it's kind of a depressed community with a lot of problems, a lot of crime. Iron River was about to get more depressing. Jason and Kelly bought a small home on the outskirts of town. It was surrounded by trees. It was private and unassuming. It was the perfect place to hide a murder. With his constant back pain, Jason was out of commission, so Kelly had to find work and fast. She took a job with a local manufacturer specializing in mining equipment. That's where she met Chris Regan. Chris was about 20 years older than Kelly. He was an Air Force veteran who loved the outdoors. The bitter North Michigan winters were right up his alley. He found work at the same factory where Kelly worked. At first... He didn't take much notice of her. When Chris moved to Iron River, he'd been pleasantly surprised to find an old girlfriend living there, Terry O'Donnell. Terry was a teacher, a modest woman who was looking to settle down. Chris moving to Iron River seemed like a sign that they were meant to be together forever. But... Chris had a wild side. Even though they were dating exclusively, Chris would regularly cheat on Terry when she was away. He was open about it, too, claiming it was only sex and it didn't mean anything. It didn't change how much he loved her. But Terry couldn't wrap her head around that. The relationship fizzled out, though they remained close friends. After all, Chris was renting an apartment from Terry's parents above their small grocery store, so their paths were pretty closely connected. Now, Terry doesn't believe Chris and Kelly Cochran were dating, per se, But they hooked up for sex at least four or five times a week. She always came to his apartment and they never went out in public. That's probably because of Kelly and Jason's twisted marriage pact. They swore to each other that if one of them cheated, the punishment was death. They had to kill the person they cheated with. If she followed the pact, Chris was a dead man. Except Kelly was a serial cheater. So does that mean she was also a serial killer? 
Meanwhile, Chris was in the middle of a big life transition. Working at the factory was getting harder. He blew out his knee and needed surgery. He could walk, but he couldn't put much pressure on it. Now, being on his feet all day was out of the question. Luckily for him, he found a cushy desk job in Asheville, North Carolina. In October 2014, he was set to move there in two weeks, but wanted to say his final goodbyes to the women in his life. Terry and Kelly. He and Terry planned a night out on the town to celebrate his upcoming move, but first, Kelly promised him a night of lust and lasagna. For the first time during their affair, Chris went to Kelly's house for sex. Nobody ever saw him again. Terry thought Chris had blown her off, but that wasn't like him. She spent the next two weeks trying to get in touch. After hundreds of unanswered phone calls, Terry began asking around town. Iron River is a small community, about 2,500 people strong at the time. It's the kind of place where rumors spread like wildfire, where nobody's secrets are safe. So, of course, everyone knew that Chris and Kelly were sleeping together. But the general consensus was that Chris left for his new job in North Carolina early. But Terry didn't believe Chris would have left without seeing her or saying goodbye. Concerned, she stormed into his apartment only to find it a total mess. He was half-packed, there were dirty dishes in the sink, and medication on the table. Wine had hardened in the bottom of a glass. It was obvious nobody had been there in weeks. Next, Terry found Chris's car in a park and ride about four miles outside of town. Chris had a bum knee and didn't have his pain meds. He couldn't have gotten far. She rushed to the police station to report Chris missing. She told them everything she knew, including all about Kelly and Chris's secret relationship. Now, police confirmed her story with the HR director from the manufacturing plant. Chris and Kelly's affair was the worst kept secret in town. When investigators searched Chris's car, they found a handwritten note with directions to Kelly's house. His GPS system also confirmed Chris was there the night he disappeared. When police showed up at the Cochran's front door, Kelly said she hadn't seen Chris in a couple of days. And that's funny since nobody else had seen Chris in a couple of weeks. When officers mentioned they found Chris's car in the parking ride, Kelly said that would be unusual. He loved that car. Loved that car, as in past tense. Jason and Kelly were marched down to the station for questioning. Jason dodged questions and kept complaining about his back. Kelly spilled her guts about her and Chris's affair. But Kelly claims Chris never came over that night. She said she brought two plates of lasagna back to his place. They ate, had sex, and she never heard from him again. But when they did a thorough search of Chris's apartment, there was no lasagna. There was also no evidence linking Kelly and Jason to his disappearance. The case went cold. Soon after that, Kelly and Jason moved back to Indiana. But out of sight was not out of mind for the Iron River police. They still thought the couple knew something about Chris's disappearance. After they left town, the cops got a warrant to search the Cochran's abandoned home. Inside, they found what looked like blood splatter on the ceiling. They also found a twenty-two caliber pistol in the living room. Then they checked her computer. You know how it goes. Would-be criminals usually turn to Google to find out how to dispose of a body or how to clean up blood. In this case, Kelly's search history was odd, but not necessarily incriminating. She looked up Google Earth images of Caspian Pit, an abandoned mining pit filled with water outside of town. When police checked it out, divers found a burnt barrel tied to a cinder block at the bottom of the lake. Kelly and Jason had a burn pit in their backyard, and wouldn't you know it, their barrel was missing. 
Meanwhile, back in Indiana, Kelly was up to her old shenanigans. She cheated on Jason left and right. Men, women, it was all fair game to Kelly. At one point, she asked a new girlfriend if she wanted to take their relationship to the next level. Jason, with his constant complaining about back pain, was getting to be a burden. Kelly decided to do something about it. The 911 call came in on February 20th, 2016. Kelly claimed Jason was overdosing on heroin. He was sweating, barely breathing, but by the time EMTs arrived, he was stone cold dead. The medical examiner told a different story. They said Jason was smothered to death. The police chief back in Iron River kept tabs on Kelly and Jason. She knew in her heart that Kelly had killed Chris. Now she'd killed her husband, Jason. She contacted Jeremy Ogden, the Indiana detective in charge to see if he could break Kelly and get a confession. Turns out, he only had to let Kelly be herself. Kelly thought she was irresistible to men, so she flirted nonstop with Detective Ogden. The detective did his best to make it seem like he was on her side. Jeremy played her like a fiddle, and she bought it. Then he laid a trap for her. Detective Ogden convinced a friend of Jason's to call Kelly to tell her he'd received a letter from Jason saying, if anything happens to me, send this letter to the Iron River Police Department. Kelly lost it. She broke down and begged him not to send the letter to Iron River. She promised to tell the police everything. During an emotional interview with Jeremy, Kelly said she gave Jason a massive dose of heroin. Then she put her hands over his nose and mouth and smothered him, but only because she was scared of him. This is the point where the conversation turned to Chris Regan. She said she lured Chris over to her place for sex the day he disappeared. They hugged at the top of the stairs. That's when Jason walked up, pressed his twenty-two against Chris's head, and blew his brains out. Death came quickly, but it wasn't over yet. Jason and Kelly dragged Chris's body into the basement where they'd set up a plastic-wrapped kill room. As Kelly describes it, Jason, quote, downsized Chris with an electric handsaw. They stuffed his body parts into trash bags and scattered them in the woods outside of town. Back at the house, they burned the plastic in the barrel and dumped it in the Caspian pit. Then they took the term getting rid of the body even farther. Allegedly. Neighbors claim they heard the Cochrans using power tools late one night. The next day, the couple invited everyone over for a barbecue. One neighbor told Investigation Discovery that he ate a strange-tasting burger. To this day, he's afraid it was human flesh. The strange thing is that Kelly and Jason never invited anyone over before or after that party. According to this neighbor, they were serving up hundreds of dollars worth of mystery meat. He described it as transparent, almost like the way shrimp or lobster looks, and with a similar texture. But the story might just be the product of a small-town rumor mill in overdrive. The cops, for one, didn't believe it. But when it comes to the allegation that Kelly might also be a serial killer... That they do believe. While in custody, Kelly made it seem like she'd done this several times before. According to the Iron River police chief, she claimed to have killed 21 people before getting caught. Of course, Kelly is a pathological liar, so you have to take her words with a massive grain of salt. The chief doesn't think Kelly's body count is that high, but that said, she wouldn't be surprised if she's killed a handful of other people. But who those people might have been is a mystery. 
Kelly had no problem bragging about it, but she wasn't about to start naming names. Still, somewhere in Kelly's black heart was a shred of humanity. She agreed to lead detectives to Chris's remains in the thick forest outside of Iron River. But body cam footage during their search doesn't show a remorseful woman. Instead, she spends most of the search smoking cigarettes, eating pizza, and drinking soda. Police found Chris's glasses and a human skull buried under a tree. The skull had a big bullet hole through the brain, and the teeth matched Chris's dental records. At her trial in 2017, Kelly tried to pin the entire murder on Jason. It was his idea. If she didn't go along with it, he would have killed her too. She said that while Jason was cutting Chris's body to bits, he picked up the man's lifeless arm and waved it at Kelly. He said it was the last time Chris would ever say hello to her. But the jury didn't buy it. The prosecutor painted a chilling image of a woman who knew exactly what Jason was planning. She lured Chris to their home knowing he was walking into a trap. She was found guilty of first-degree murder and sentenced to life in prison without parole. About a year later, Kelly pled guilty to killing her husband, too. For Jason's murder, she got an additional 65 years in prison. Justice served for two bodies, but there was still the unanswered question of more victims out there waiting to be named. Now, given the facts of the case, it stands to reason the Cochrans had taken life before Chris. They had plastic wrap ready to go. They had the tools they needed to chop up a body and a dump site picked out. They burned the evidence and skipped town before police could question them further. Right now, most people believe the number is nine potential victims. However, no further legal action has ever been taken against Kelly Cochran, even though her crimes earned her the nickname, the Devil Woman of Michigan. In 2023, Kelly's story changed during an interview with ABC's 2020. Now she claims Jason tied her up and murdered Chris in front of her. Their marriage had fallen apart. He was abusive and manipulative and Kelly just wanted out. She told 2020, I was trying to do what I thought was the right thing. You go to school, you go to college, you get married. But I got bored of being married. Are there other bodies out there? How many people died because of Jason and Kelly's twisted marriage pact? Unfortunately, the only person who knows is the devil herself. And she's not talking. And that's your recap. Thanks for hanging out with us today. If you like getting all the crime in half the time, go ahead and tap that subscribe button so you never miss a story. But don't go away. Catch up on more recaps right here, right now. Until next time, take care.